the Goal Radio Football Show. I'll tell you what the big news is. This is Paul Cooney and the gang with the Goal Football Show. 0808 08, 17 17 700. 0808 08, 17 17 700. And tonight on the programme, Barry Ferguson makes his debut here in the studio. Barry, you're very welcome. Delighted to be here. Can't wait to get started with the team. So let's bring it on we heard you on on Friday night it's great you're here with us we're here till 7 tonight 0808 1717 700 Cy Ferry Cy you're back after Friday and why not delighted and I'm delighted Barry Ferguson has joined us I also need to thank Bob Malcolm for dropping him off in the ice cream van so that was great (laughs) (laughs) you're going to enjoy the banter I think between now and 7 o'clock and Ali great start for you you got uh, St Mirren win at the weekend absolutely joined St Mirren TV on Saturday brilliant day we can all see what Tony Fitzpatrick's talking about the top six I think I don't think it's far away so that's you played 1-1-1 already what a record you've got Ali I know, right? <laughs> Get dialing now, 0808 17 17 700. We'll be looking at Rangers' win at Aberdeen, speaking to Stephen Gerrard, and Celtic's win yesterday against Ackies. We'll speak to Brian Rice and, of course, to Neil Lennon. But first, let's go to the action tonight. Ross County against Motherwell, Rob McLean. Yeah, it's just been great to football back this weekend, isn't it? Um, a couple of games from me uh, over the weekend, which was fantastic, and uh, just hoping that all of you can get inside some grounds very soon, hopefully. Tonight, the Premiership weekend fixtures are completed in Dingwall it's uh, Ross County against Motherwell pleased to say right at the start of the Go Football show we can speak to the Motherwell assistant manager Keith Larsley who presumably at the moment is in that luxury hotel nearby just about to head for the game is that right Keith? It's not too luxury (laughs) the budget doesn't stretch that far to be honest Uh, but yeah no listen we're we're prepared Uh, We'll have our last final meeting in about half an hour's time and then we'll be we'll be heading over at the stadium. And I guess can't wait. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a it's been a long weekend to be honest, watching all the other games. Um you know, you just want to get out there, get started. I think the players it's been a, a longer pre season than normal as well, so you know, listen the players are are ready to go, we're ready to go and, and um you know, I just look forward to kick off now. I know you can't break the embargo on the team news, but is Jake Hasty playing tonight? He might be, yeah, he's in the squad. Is he available? Uh, <laughs> he's available. Um, I'm not playing, I can confirm that as well. Uh, well I could have confirmed that for you as well. But, <laughs> but no, listen, um, no, I can't get a very exclusive there, unfortunately, Rob. But no, listen, all the boys have looked good. And um, yeah, it's been it's been hard. Uh, picking the team for the manager, I think, it's been a tough job. Uh, as I say, everybody's fit, ready to go. And, you know, the team that will fight, hopefully it's, you know, can do the business. You know, I don't like a cliche, but, uh, I mean, having Jake Hasty back, I mean, it's almost like a new signing, isn't it? No, listen, as you know, he's, I think he's, he's um, you know, had a great period with us before, you know, that six months just before he left. He was absolutely flying. And, you know, it's up to us, hopefully, to try and get him back to that sort of form. You know, it's not quite worked out as well as he would have hoped I think um, uh, but you know he's, he looks hungry he looks um, you know he's enjoying his training enjoying his football and um, you know we just as I say hopefully we can get him back to that to that, that uh, you know form that he showed before he left and if we do that you know we'll get a, a very good young player in our hands Let's be hearing from you Motherwell fans uh, about what you're expecting of the season ahead and I guess Keith they're going to be pretty excited because they'll be disappointed at some of the departures uh, Gillespie was a great goalkeeper for you Tate's gone Hartley's gone but apart from Jake Hasty coming back to the club which is massive the likes of Ricky Lamy Mark O'Hara Jordan White some exciting additions to the squad 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think of a club like ourselves, there's always just going to be change. It's just part of the course. You know, every summer there's a number of changes. But, um, no, we're d- delighted with the business that we've done. You know, just getting Callum Lang in there, uh, you know, tail end of li- this week as well, uh, which we feel is going to be a good one for us. Uh, Chris Long, getting him back. So, you know, along with the names that you mentioned there, you know, a really strong competitive squad. And, you know, there were departures, as you say, but there's a lot of guys that have been a big part of that that are still here, you know, still under contract. So, um, as I say, happy with the squad, but we know it's going to be a big effort to, to emulate, you know, last season's efforts of, of that third place finish. Keith, it's uh, Cy Ferry here. How you doing, mate? All right? How you doing, Cy? Good, mate. Good, good. good. Just a quick question. Uh, how many boxes of paracetamol did you need for 20 watts? Uh, banter on the way up to that <laughs> he's banter's well, banging but, on it uh, we're making our way through it steadily uh, <laughs> so, to be honest with you um, Jane, you can I, get I him back to his best as well Keith because what a talent he was when he was younger listen I, absolutely you know it's, it's, I think what we've managed to do at the club um, you know over the last few years is guys that have maybe lost their way for whatever reason and um, you know Tony again falls into that category so you know the talent's there he has to put the effort in it's down to him ultimately but you know, we hopefully just provide them with that environment to, to, to let it happen. It's a shame you're not in the studio, Keith, because you could have had a, a, another kick at Barry Ferguson. You've had a few of those over the years, haven't you? <laughs> or is, I don't it, know or is, that. It, is that mutual? <laughs> Keith is uh, Barry. Well, I, I think there may have been a couple coming the other way, but I, I, I never caught them that much, to be honest. Yeah, <sighs> more than a couple. Um, there was more than a couple, Keith. <laughs> Listen, just a quick question, Keith. Um, David Turnbull, how's he looking? What um, a player. He was a player, obviously, before the injury that. I really enjoyed watching. How's his pre-season went? Good, good, Barry. I mean, he's he's um, you know he's been out a long time. I think we need to remember that. You know, that, uh, with the injury and then obviously enforced uh, through the, the lockdown and what have you. So you know he, he needs to get back playing, but he's you know he's had a couple of pre-season games. So but he's training well, and you know the talent's there. I think you know we see it on a daily basis. He's just he's got something special, David, and and um, you know he just get back to that fitness levels along with that talent. And you know we've no doubt he's he's going to get back to the form that he, that he showed. Uh, you know before he unfortunately had to going for the operation and, and and what have you so no but a big big talent and, and um, you know still you know high hopes that he can first and foremost do it for us and then you know whatever happens further down the line for David will, will happen I'm sure at the right time It's when you start reeling off those names Keith that you realise what a good mm. team Motherwell are going to have this season Alan Campbell is another you know sometimes slips under the radar but what a player he is as well but you've set the bar high for yourselves haven't you I suppose in terms of what you've achieved in the, the last season or so yeah, yeah, we have. But I mean, I think that's a good thing. You've got to aim as high as you can. You know, we, we know where we are as a football club, but we can uh, you know, spend the money. Um, you know that that, that others can, but um, you know, I think what we've shown is a consistency and a performance over the last two or three years. It's you know allowed us to, to have the finishes and you know runs in the cup uh, that, that we've had. But you know, having said all that, this is a new season, new start. You know, it's got to be uh, you know the same. Uh, attitude and everything that goes along with the, the, the players that you mentioned there, you know, for us to be a success. So we know we know what it took to get where we got last year, and it's going to have to be same again starting tonight. Uh, Keith Sai again, just on a uh, big Declan Gallagher. Obviously, had a hard time in his uh, career earlier on, but um, what a turnaround for him as well. And now he's been made captain. Why did you decide to go with him? Um, listen, he's been a big character since he came to the club side. You know, yeah. he was he was always a kind of captain, and without having the armband on, you know, so he was always a leader on and off the pitch and um, you know we, f- we feel it can actually hopefully even take his game further you know as you say has, he has kind of took his game to, to, to another level we think and um, you know we think adding the captaincy can actually even even uh, move that on even further um, I think he's relishing it even so far and you can tell him his body language 
through about the the club and in the training. He's he's driving it uh, every day, and I think you know I think he's he's taking to the role. So um, no, listen, we, we, we again, Decky's got to produce it again. He's got to produce that same drive that he showed last year to get again get into that international setup and what have you. So. Um, but yeah, you know, it was it was a, it was a it was a good choice for us to to lead the, the squad this season. Tremendous. Going to football, Keith, is a weird experience at the moment, no doubt about it. How much have you spoken about, and how much have you thought about the the lack of atmosphere? I mean, it's hardly uh, boisterous and dingwall on a on a busy night, to be honest. But um, the fact there's no crowd whatsoever, you have to create your own intensity in the game. Have you spoken a lot about that? Yeah, you have. To be honest, I think it is, it is a factor. I think any of the football that you've watched, um, particularly the you know the, the English stuff early on, and, and even the German stuff early on, that was the first thing that you noticed. I think was the, the, the kind of PC feel at the tempo in the game. So um, you know that's up to us. You know I know we'll be away team tonight, but we go into any game wanting to set the tempo. And um, as you say, you need to kind of set your own atmosphere in the, in the game if you like. You know there's no crowd there to help spur you on. So no, it's something we've spoken about. And something that we're conscious that we're going to, you know, we're going to have to do in the in the coming weeks. What do you think about Ross County? I mean, they've they've lost a few sort of serious names that they've had in the last couple of seasons. The likes of Fraser and Foster and Kelly. Cowie's retired. Spence is away. There's quite a long list of departures. They've got uh, the youngster Stephen Kelly on loan from Rangers. Um, you, but you'll be giving Ross County a lot of respect because uh, what you can't do with them is write them off. No, you can't. I don't think you can write anybody off in this league, Rob. To be perfectly honest, it's, it's as I said before, uh, uh, um, you know, finishing third and you know having a good season. We, we, but we know how hard we had to work to get there. You know, and any game is 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 tough, um, particularly you know the start of the season, the early part of the season. So, no, I mean, Ross County is going to be a, a really tough start for us. Um, you know, be very well organised. Did you say they've had departures? Like, I think most of the teams have, um, but you know, I think they've recruited pretty well as well and. Uh, you know, we expect a, a tough, tough match tonight. Keith, can I ask Rob his opinion of tonight before we let you go back to the dressing room? What's going to be the scoreline, Rob? I'm thinking yeah. 2-1 Motherwell. 2-1 Motherwell. Barry Ferguson? I'll take that, Rob. Yeah. I'll take that. <laughs> I fancy Motherwell to have another good season. I think they're going to finish third and they'll win 2-0 tonight. Barry Ferguson. I'm glad for a Hamilton boy as well. <laughs> yeah, indeed. I'm going to go 3-0 Ross County. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> Motherwell very well coached I've heard great things about the coaching staff there the manager's meant to be really good I think um, Ross County could struggle this year I'll go 2-0 Motherwell What about yourself Keith? What's your prediction tonight? Because this is the uh, big I'll one I'll take any of those predictions I'll <laughs> take any of those uh, but no listen as I said cliche is a bit of a cliche but it's, it's going to be a tough game it is it's first up we know we're going to need to work hard to, to earn it but of course you know, listen, we, we feel as if we turn up and with the right attitude we'll, we'll give ourselves a good chance of winning the game that's good to hear from you and we'll get you uh, in the studio uh, at some point as well uh, hopefully to hear more of your banter but uh, good luck tonight and uh, thanks for speaking to us tonight Keith on the, the Goal Football Show no problem guys cheers Go on, man. the Goal Radio Football Show just a wee hiccup on the roads there but we've got it well done Chris 0808 17 17 700 this is Paul Cooney with Barry Ferguson Cy Ferry 
Ali Defoe and the voice of football. He definitely is. You were everywhere over the weekend. Rob, we saw you. Uh, you were Aberdeen Rangers. Yep. Uh, and then yesterday I thought, where are you? I knew you were at the Celtic match and then I heard you on Radio Scotland. I know you like yeah. keeping tabs on me, but uh, yeah, I was I was there. Great to see some football. Fantastic to have yep. football back. And let us know, get in touch with us. What does football coming back mean to you? How much have you enjoyed the first weekend? What have you taken out of that first weekend of the Scottish Premiership, which finishes tonight in Dingwall? Barry, it's been such a long time since we had football back here in Scotland and at the weekend Rangers didn't disappoint you at Petaudry they set out to do what they said they would Yep, it's always a difficult place to go and, and get a result um, I thought Rangers in the first half dominated the game um, second half I think the manager summed it up pretty well it was scrappy but overall for me Rangers deserved to, to get the three points and there was a, a few very good individual performances um, Aribo again impressed me which he's done all pre-season and the new centre back Balligan I thought he was different class um, showed a lot of presence on the ball calm cool collected and he was a real physical presence as well so for a debut up at Petaudry um, he'd done very well Did he get a round of applause at the end? I heard that was what and happened dressing In the dressing room, room. Yeah, He, he got it for yeah. me on the sofa yeah. after the game um, It's always difficult I, mean, I think he's only had six days or so training with his, his new teammates um, and it was a big call for the manager he put him in Edmondson's been playing all pre-season and done particularly well um, so the manager obviously he's impressed him the last five or six days and to be honest with you, he's got a good pedigree, he's played at a very good level in the Bundesliga, um, had a, a decent season with Wigan, so I think the Rangers fans will, will, will be pretty pleased with the, the new acquisition. And Ryan Kent getting a goal, that's what you want to see and expect a consistency? Yeah, certainly when he came up um, and loaned the first time, he, he was excellent, there's no doubt about it. He struggled at times last year, he'll admit himself, he didn't hit the, the dizzy heights he did when he was in loan, um, but he's got off to a flyer. Um, great finish and uh, he's another player that the Rangers fans will be expecting big things from this season Si, what did you think watching it on the telly? I thought uh, Morello's done really well to play like that with a duffel coat on underneath his top <laughs> <laughs> no, the wee man was looking heavy but you know, I, I thought it was harsh uh, on the studio McCoyst and Boyd were, were saying that his game was like I actually thought he played well eh? yeah. I thought he worked at I thought his link up play was really good uh, I think Rangers got their tactics spot on I think mm. the plan was for Morelos to take McKenna in short and leave that big space uh, in behind Ash Taylor who is slow in the turn uh, they end up scoring a goal from it but when I watch Rangers you can tell they're well coached you know the way they play it for the back the rotations their movement to get on the ball uh, I mean Aberdeen's midfielders must have needed a couple of boxes of paracetamols after the game because they couldn't get near Rangers midfield Barry yeah I think the only thing that would frustrate the manager was not getting that second or third goal um, always at 1-0 Aberdeen are always going to win the game and they had that stromash in the second half for the set piece that they nearly scored from but I think overall away from home first game of the season at Petaudry he came away with three points you've got to be happy with it mm. and as I said I thought the first half certainly Rangers dominated it was really commanding from Rangers I mean I haven't seen too many Aberdeen Rangers 45 minutes that Rangers have dominated quite so much as they did first half which I think was partly to do, to do with Aberdeen being a bit too passive and, and standing off the game and, and letting Rangers yeah. do it but, but Rangers were impressive they did they yeah. knocked the ball around really nicely, didn't they? Yep. Um, listen, Aberdeen are obviously missing their focal point in Cosgrove up, up top and Main obviously injured as well and, and that didn't help Derek uh, too much but 
I, I was impressed. Certainly Rangers kept possession of the ball very well. As I said, just that final third, I would like to see more efforts on goal. Eh, maybe that finishing touch. But as I always say, going to Petaudry is always a difficult place. Certainly the first game of the season and they come away with three points, job done for me. I thought Aberdeen could have been a lot braver eh? mm. I thought you know if you've, not, if you've not got your focal point and you're playing with a wee guy and Bruce Anderson up front the midfield players need to be brave and go and get on the ball take it under pressure I thought a lot of times Aberdeen, midfield, Aberdeen midfielders could have turned and played forward and just took the easy option of just popping it back to Scott McKenna who then lumped the ball up the pitch to Bruce Anderson and it was food and drink for Goldson and Big Balligan so it's like, uh, Balligan don't get me wrong my, one of my best pals plays for Wigan and uh, he played on last year and says what Barry says he says he'll stroll up yeah. he, he absolutely cruised through the game I mean and some of that was down to the, the little pressure that he and Conor Goldson were under but just everything he did had that little touch of quality about it he'd one great yeah. charge up the pitch with the ball mm-hmm. uh, at one point and he, he just looked as very assured as a player he was certainly a presence and he was very comfy on the ball which surprised me um, and there was one instance I think uh, Aberdeen hit them on the counter attack in the second half and he showed great recovery in mm, terms of his quick. pace yeah. very quick so overall the, the big guy's got to be delighted with his debut Let's hear from Stephen Gerrard and how he felt about the victory at Petodre I thought in the first half we took our pre-season form into the game we looked dominant at times and we looked dangerous at times and second half wasn't as pretty but you know at times we're going to have to be tough stick together and get over the line And so I'm very proud of the all-round performance the three points were the most important thing today to get a good start good start everyone was talking about how tough it could be there but it didn't turn out to be that way we know they were missing uh, Cosgrove in particular in Maine but um, you worry for maybe for Aberdeen this year it's going to be tough the, the money's not there at the moment you know because of the situation it's a new um, chairman looking to get them on the on the right tracks financially Rob what do you think what's your sense yeah well I, I think one bright note for them was the contribution made by Ryan Edmondson when he came off the bench for them he's 19 mm. he's, he's on loan from Leeds the, the deal was done very hurriedly on the back of Cosgrove being injured and Curtis Main being out injured mm. as well um, but he, he looks a bit like Cosgrove he, he's 6'3 he's not that much smaller than, than Cosgrove is um, and I think there was a bit of promise in the little cameo appearance he made um, and he will he will give Aberdeen that option to, to launch the ball up top and, and have a chance of playing from there whereas uh, you did feel for Bruce Anderson because he was absolutely bypassed um, and didn't get a chance to, to show what, what he can do but listening to Stephen Gerrard there I mean and Barry and Si know this well but who cares who cares how you play mm-hmm. on opening weekend especially when it's up at Aberdeen and that's your starter you know three points ideal yep and Si will tell you it normally takes you two or three games to get into your, your rhythm it takes um, me about three seasons about it to get in the rhythm. Yeah, I didn't want to say that <laughs> right enough um, so listen I always say Petaudry is one of the toughest venues to go and get a a win and it's about coming back down the road and getting the three points they played well in the first half second half as we said before it was scrappy um, but the main thing is three points on the board they were never in that much danger I mean you watching no. that mustn't have had too many concerns yeah. that Rangers weren't going to get all three points yeah but I think that will be a concern for Derek McInnes um, Aberdeen being at home they, they didn't really put any pressure on Rangers at all I know they're missing Cosgrove who's a massive player he, he's a real focal point from scored 20 odd goals last season obviously Curtis Main has well been injured so it didn't help them but Derek's got a difficult job up there every single year 
he's got to bring in players he's got to find players in free transfers and over the past seven years he's had great success um, but it's going to be harder for Derek because you can see the amount of cuts that's happening up there the players are having to take a, I think it was 30% uh, yeah. wage cut mm. so he's going to find it hard to attract players up to, to Aberdeen Let's take a call 0808 17 17 700 Callum Rangers fans on the line Callum good evening Good evening how are you doing? Oh, good thanks how are you? Hi Callum. I'm good, thanks. Callum, are you yeah, doing? How are you doing, Callum? Good. Um, I just had a question. You know, I was watching the Aberdeen game the other day, um, and we saw Balogun his first few minutes. How important do you think it's going to be that Rangers stick with a sort of a pay in this season, and we don't switch out centre halves every other week? Yeah, he has chopped and changed, hasn't he, a bit, Stephen Gerrard, since, since coming in. He, he started off with Goldson and Katic, I remember, mm. right at the start, and then then he changed it. Uh, Joe Worrell on loan from Nottingham Forest, mm. he pitched him straight in a European game. It has, it has changed at the back. How important is it, Barry, that, that he sticks with a, a regular pairing? I think the spine of the team is the most important. Mm. Um, certainly a, a centre-back pairing. Um, it looks to me, Goldson, he's number one centre-back. There's no doubt about it. He's, he, he's always played. Um, and it was a toss-up. Obviously, Katic getting the, the, the serious knee injury was, was a bit of a blow, and obviously the manager had to go out and get a new centre-half. But I'll be honest with you, I thought Edmondson done pretty well mm. during pre-season. I was impressed when he came in at the tail end of the season before the, the, the shutdown. Um, but Balogun looks apart, I've got to be honest with you. I know it's only one game, I'm not going to get carried away. But I'll go back to what I said previously. He's um, he's a good innings. He's he's played in the Bundesliga. He was one of the most important players for Wigan. So the manager's got a real find there. So I, I think in time he could be a a very important player for Rangers. I wanted to ask you as well, Barry. See when uh, obviously you're a Rangers legend, centre midfielder. See with Jack and Kamara in there. Mm-hmm. At times for me, I think they both do the same job, and I think yeah. Ryan Jack could be the main sitter and maybe have another Rebo type in there next to Ryan Jack. Would you go with that? Yeah, but I, I think looking at the back at the game, Morelos was coming deep and you were looking for midfield runners and obviously Kent got his goal from that. Hadji at times, I think Hadji wants to come in and he's more technical, mm. he likes to get on the ball. I would like to see another couple of runners for midfield. Yeah. Rebo certainly does it. Um, Kamara's more, as you just mentioned, they're similar to Jack. He likes to get the ball and make things happen. So I, I would like to see another forward think midfielder I think mm-hmm. that's probably in the back of the manager's mind he's obviously mentioned that he wants to bring in another one or two so I think it could be an attacking midfielder he'd, he'd be looking at mm-hmm. Callum what did you think about that Rangers performance at the weekend and obviously you're particularly speaking about central defence I, I was really happy I think I do a, a podcast online the Battle Paper podcast and we were talking about it and we thought you know the first 10 minutes it could have been two or three and as much as I think that we maybe at points we do need goals from other areas of the pitch, I was quite happy with it because it's not not very often. I think it was you, Rob, that said it's not very often we go up there and we get a result that's quite as convincing as that, even though it was just one nil. So yeah, I, it was comfortable, was wasn't it? Comfortable for what, for a one nil, yeah. And on a, another day, you know, it could have been as I say three or four. So I think the football that we played was really good, despite it was just it was just the one goal. Do you look for more consistency from Ryan Kent? I mean, he's absolutely outstanding when he's on his game. Does it, does it happen often enough for him? Um, I, I'm, I'm quite lenient with him because I think that it was his first season. He, he wasn't given a pre-season. Um, and for the price tag, it is quite a heavy price tag. But I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Kent. And I think that as much as the consistency 
is needed. I think it will come, and I think that we have enough quality in other areas of the pitch that we can weigh in the goals here and there. I think Hadji's probably been the best last season. He um, he he really showed why he needed to be bought. So Kent, I think I'm willing to give him a bit more time. And how do you feel about the striker? How about Morales? Do you want him to? Would you like to know as soon as possible? Is he staying or is he going to go? I am. I'm probably desperate to know. Do you know what I mean? It's just whether whether or not he's going to stay or go. I would just want to know because the sooner you know, the sooner you can get a replacement in. I think probably it, there's people that will disagree. I think it's probably time to go. I think he's done amazing for the club, um, and I think it's going to be really hard to get in. I like for like replacement certainly in terms of the goals that he scored but you know it's, I honestly don't think he's been in it since December I will argue and I think he was good the other day I think he was treated quite harshly mm. I think his play mm. that led up to the goal you know dragging both the centre halves mm. away so that Kent could easily flip him behind I think he was brilliant but I do think he wants that move and I do think it's probably in our best interest to, to move him on And Callum can you do it this season? Is it going to be a Rangers title? I wouldn't be a Rangers fan if I said we couldn't do it with it. Absolutely, <laughs> definitely 55 this season, I think. <laughs> Thanks very much for joining us, Callum. Callum, Rangers Thanks fan there. Much. Cheers, 0808 17 17 700. So uh, some good points there from Callum. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the big one's obviously Morelos. Um, I said on Friday on the show, every player up in Scotland's got a, a price on their head. And I think if that's matched... Rangers would do business, but it's got to be the right the right money. What, what do you think is the right figure? Is it eighteen or is it? Would they take less? I, I don't know. You would need to ask the 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 club that. But I think if the right offer does come in, the the money that comes in has got to go to the manager because mm-hmm. he's got to go and strengthen. Because um, he's a big player, Morelos. I mean, even if he doesn't score, Rob. He's a he's an absolute, uh, he's a pest on that yeah. pitch. Yeah, and look and look at the ball that he played in Kent at this, on Saturday as yeah. well. When he's not scoring, he's still contributing. Yeah, but I agree with what, what Sai said earlier. I, I think a few people were a, a bit too harsh on him. I, I thought he did okay. Mm. I, I've seen him better. I've seen him in better condition, but. We're still, it's been a different pre-season for, for players. Um, We've all put on a bit in lockdown, haven't we? Yeah. Speak for yourself. <laughs> 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 yeah. Can I just say to you, if you're the Leo manager and you're watching that game, are you bidding £18 million for a guy who's out of condition? Good point. Barry, uh-huh. would you? Um, do, I, yeah. do I think he's worth that, that kind of money? Who knows? Yeah. Who, who, who knows? I, if I'm a manager looking at it, I'm looking and thinking he is. He's not looking in the shape he was the first six months of last season. I thought it was the sharpest I've seen him. But your eighty, was, mil- but your 80 million pound bid is based on some of those goals he scored in Europe last season, oh, yeah. isn't it? At the really top level against yeah. top opposition, yeah. it's it's because he's capable of that. It's it's not about the fact that he might have let himself go in the last few months. Mm-hmm. He, he's certainly capable. I, I think if you get him in the right condition. He's a very good centre forward, mm. and I think he'd be a great signing for someday. But for me, I would rather he stayed at Rangers for another season. But that's a decision that the, the club need to make. All right, plenty more coming up on that. That's Barry Ferguson with us for the first time in the studio on the Go Radio football phone-in. Rob McLean, Cy Ferry, Ali Defoy, and me, Paul Cooney. 31 minutes past five. We're here till seven. 0808 17 17 700. You can text us 87474. And we're on all the socials at Go Football Show. Uh, Celtic fan coming up in a moment or two. So Rangers, top of the table. Uh, 
Saturday lunchtime, f- kicking off the, the weekend, then with the other games, and then we switched to Sunday. What would happen when the flag went up? Rob, you were there commentating. It yeah. must have been strange. Well, it was strange yeah. because uh, when I was commentating in the press box, we couldn't actually see the flag, uh, which was up on top of the stand. I think one of the ground staff it was who unfurled it. So be- because they couldn't get a Neil Doncaster or a whoever else to come into the squad bubble mm-hmm. to do the, the, the flag unfurling, it was, it was just done on the roof of the stand. We couldn't see it at the time. And the players looked a bit mm-hmm. phased by the whole thing, so that there was no crowd there. And it, yep. it, it was weird all round when you're when it's such a big moment, mm-hmm. nine in a row. It, it is a big moment in terms of when you win the league, especially you want to celebrate that with the fans. Mm. They're the most important yeah. people. Um, so it, it must have been strange. Um, I can only talk for my experiences when you go out and you, you lift that flag. It's a time to spend with the guys who spend a lot of hard-earned cash and come to watch you. So it was a strange, a strange moment. Um, and in terms of the game, that wasn't strange. No, <laughs> that was Celtic I, doing what Celtic do. I think the difference is in one guy, yeah. and Edward for mm. me could easily play in the top six in England. I think he's he's got potential to be even better than Dunbelly. If we're talking, I mean, we were talking about the price tag on, on Morellas, which may or may not be, Rangers asking may or may not be 18, they may take slightly less. If we say Alfred Morellas is worth 18 million, how much is Odson Edouard worth? I mean, I think you could command 25 million pounds mm-hmm. easily for him. Um, I, I just think each season he gets better and better. I thought last season, um, certainly when, when Celtic changed the formation after the winter break, they went to 3-5-2. I thought him and Griffiths were excellent together, but he's special. He He's a real match winner, Edward. Mm-hmm. He's, he's so understated as well, isn't he? Yeah, he's, it's like he's out for a Sunday afternoon stroll and mm-hmm. he just bangs in a hat-trick. He was interested, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Frank, right uh, Ferry, what do you think? The thing is, I think he's got, the scary thing is, I think he's got a, a couple of more gears to go as well. As Rob says, you know, mm-hmm. he looks like he, it's easy for him. And the, what I love about him is how good he is in tight situations. That's where I judge good centre-forwards, top centre-forwards, you know. There's three guys around him and you think, he's going to lose the ball here. Yeah. And, and he just manages his quick feet and his awareness. And it's, it's his all-round game. And now he's adding, on Saturday, it was the first time I've seen this, every time the ball went wide, he was banging that six-yard box. Mm. Whereas before, I've seen him maybe play it wide and stand on the edge of the box looking for that spectacular goal. I think he's now adding those those six box, uh, six-yard box finishes as well. Let's hear from you, Celtic fans. 0808 17 17 700. He said, hoping he'd remember yep. the phone number correctly because well it's not sitting in yep. front of him at this stage. <laughs> Um, yeah, we'd like to we'd like to hear what you think about your team's start to the season because I was quite taken with, with Hamilton Ackies. I mean, if, if Hamilton fans are listening, get in touch with us as well because there was actually, despite the fact you've lost five one in the end, mm. there was a lot of promise and I think quite a lot of encouragement about the season ahead for Hamilton. And and you could say, well, why did we not play ten at the back? But but actually, it was two up front. They created lots of chances, and you might say, well, in the end they got cuffed, but they actually contributed to the game and, and and when you sit in you're probably going to lose at Celtic Park anyway yep and I think the average age of the Hamilton team was I think it was 22, 20, 22. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like Brian Rice I like the way he goes about mm-hmm. his business and it's a tough gig at Hamilton let's let's not beat about it um, he's not got a lot of money they're probably the lowest wage budget in the league but it was refreshing to see a team go 4-4-2 and, and try and um, attack Celtic look it didn't work 
Look, I, I think a team like Hamilton going, it's, listen, if they go and get a point or three points, it's an amazing result. Yep. But they, they look to, to the teams down round about them to try and get the, the three points. But I think Hamilton, look, they're everybody's favourites every single year. We should stop doing that, shouldn't we? Relegated, <laughs> yep. And they love that, listen, they, don't they? They thrive yep. off that, yeah. But they keep surviving. Mm, they keep yep. surviving. They, they, they bring out some massive results at times um, and surprise a lot of people. But again... There's a great conveyor belt of young players coming through there. There, there were six, six of the starting 11 came through the academy. Yeah, mm. it's brilliant to see. It's refreshing to see that, that there are clubs, certainly, that, that give young youngsters the, the chance. My young nephew was a product of that when yeah. he get let go from Rangers at 15 and Hamilton took him on and built him up to be a very good player and, and sell him on to Aberdeen. So yeah. they've, they always produce... Um, very good players they've got a great youth set up there Paul, Paul yeah. we, should, we should play that bit of tape from Friday in which Sai said yeah. uh, we were talking about the prospect of Vasilis Barkas making his debut in goal yeah. and, and, and Sai said well you could play anybody in goals really because he's not going to have a shot to save in the whole match well uh, there was quite a lot happening around Scott well, Bain yeah, I, I, Scott Bain had one save that he'd tipped over I don't know why he's tipped over the bar yeah. and then the goal was a deflection other than that was that the only two shots oh, are, on are, you st- are you standing by your original comments definitely 100% <laughs> uh, only worry for Hamlet is, is the Two centre halves are, I think it's 21 and 23. Mm. There's no many teams that have yeah, played in J- J- young centre half. Yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy, Hamilton, Jimmy Hamilton's 18. Mm. 18 one of, one is it? One of the centre backs. It's a young pairing. I always feel when you've got a young pairing at centre half, you struggle. Mm. Right, full season, Barry, do you know what I mean? Yeah, Brian Easton's out injured just now. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's experienced one that will come in there, and they've also got David Templeton, who's an experienced player. So. They've got that bit of experience that will help in that dressing room, but as you say, I mean, it's a young pair that's centre back. I always like to see a wee bit of experience here. I know, I know, we're, about, I know yeah. we're about to move on, Paul, but yeah. I just wanted to say when we're talking Hamilton, 18 year old Andy Winter up front looked great, looks mm. a really good prospect for them. Mm. So exciting times, I think, for Hamilton despite losing 5 1 on the opening weekend. Let's hear, first of all, then from Neil Lennon. Just a little bit, you know, whip them up a little bit, you know, a little bit more speed their play. We were taking too many touches and I didn't think we were defending strong enough. Second half, they gave me everything I asked for and um, delighted a real powerful performance in the end and a great start. I think he was asked there, um, Sai, if at halftime he had a bit of words, had some words with the players because they're only, what, 2-1 up. Yeah. So they, they just weren't at their best in the first half. No, and as we say, that's expected first game of the season. But that's what the Celtic team do, you know, they can lift it at any point. And this goes back to my point on Rangers. You know, I watch uh, Callum McGregor and Ryan Christie. You know, Brown's a sitter, and uh, McGregor and Christie get in high areas and they feed the front three so many passes, and then they continue it in the box. And I think that's Celtic's real plus in there too, is Christie and, and McGregor, the way they receive the ball and they fire it out to Forrest and El Unusian. Frimpong as well, I mean, uh, Frim- just Frimpong's about, basically a winger playing yeah. fullback. Just about to say that, the, t- the two fullbacks were like wingers well, for Celtic. Yeah. They, were, they were bombing on constantly. Um, I think it was Taylor crossed the ball in for Frimpong to, to so, score yeah. the goal. I mean, yeah. two, two fullbacks full inside yeah. the box. So it was real attack minded um, from Celtic. And even when you look at Celtic's yep. bench, I mean, and Cham can I get a game, Roderick can I get a game, yep. El Hamed's on the bench, mm-hmm. and Lee Griffiths isn't in the squad, so, I mean, it's it's looking promising for Celtic squad-wise. And they've got El Yunusi uh, back on loan again from Southampton, mm-hmm. and he is real quality as well. But the, the problem for not just Hamilton, but for, for any team uh, against Celtic, is the dangers are coming at you from all angles, yeah. all over the pitch. When you think you've, you've stamped down and clamped down on, mm-hmm. on one part of the game, Celtic will exploit another area. Yep, and certainly, if they're not playing at their full potential you've just mentioned the bench mm. they, they can go and change it 
they've got real quality, strength and depth. Um, I think and, that's and, yeah, and we should mention Klimala as well, you mm. know, because he's. I think well, Griffiths mm. not wasn't involved in the squad. Mm. The Edwards wonderful, but you know, where, where's the backup? Where where's the strength? And Klimala, I guess, was underwhelming initially mm. when he first came in at Celtic. But but what what a, an introduction yesterday! What mm. a goal he scored! Yeah, I, I wasn't too impressed with him when I first saw him when he came in last season. If I'm being honest with you, he's obviously went away and worked really hard. He looks physically stronger to me, um, and the goal. It was a great run and great finish. You've got to give the boy credit for that. Um, and at this moment in time, he's ahead of both Baco and, and Lee Griffiths. So he's looking that he's looking the part just now. Would it be defensively, Si, that w- that was the area of the game that Neil Lennon would have been a bit concerned about the the amount of chances? I know you alluded to not not very many top Scott Scott Bain saves required, but they certainly had chances, Hamilton, didn't they? And, and maybe Celtic's defensively a little bit sloppy at times. I think so. And I, I see a lot on Twitter. Celtic fans are worried that there's not another centre half. You know, I think too many times in European competitions, Celtic going to and at big games with near beat on as a cover at centre half, you know, he's a centre midfield player. Um El Hamed could play there, but for me he's far too injury prone. So um Selig should be in the market for a centre back, especially with all the games they're gonna have coming up, if they want to get in the Champions League, if they want to go and get ten in a row, a centre half must be a priority for me. Uh, uh, but I think, got, I think yeah, sorry, but I, I've got to agree with that at times last season when I watched Celtic, certainly Livingston comes to mind, yeah. Landon Dykes okay. up top had gave Julian a, a hard time. Had him on toast, didn't he? Yeah, mm-hmm. he, he did, and physically, I, I don't know if he enjoys that, that side of it. Um, so I see Sai's point that that probably is a position that Celtic will go and look and try and strengthen. Barry, hold that thought. Plenty more between now and 7 08 08 17 17 700. If you miss Go Breakfast with Crofty, Adele and Grado You missed this So David Williams is a hot smoking woman You know how you can superimpose yourself as like a woman and swap, your, swap yourself I've over I've never done anything like that <laughs> I've done it <laughs> Yeah so die, he's done it and he said I actually really fancy me I've got pictures of me dressed as a woman You know the funniest thing about this he's frantically looking for a picture of him dressed as a woman Oh my goodness Oh my goodness There you go Crofty Do you fancy Grado as a woman? I couldn't possibly Go <laughs> breakfast with Crofty, Adele, and Grado. Back Monday morning when you wake up. 100. Let's go. Paul Kinney and the gang here with the Monday night edition. Tomorrow night, Rob will be here with the team. And uh, some great guests coming throughout the whole week. Stephen yeah. Craig is making his debut tomorrow night, isn't he? Yeah, he is indeed. And um, he'll be nervous. I think Barry's displaying a few pre-match nerves tonight, but he's got over it. <laughs> Not as many as us, but... Uh, <laughs> no, indeed, that's yeah. nice of you, Rob. <laughs> that's great. Great start, Barry. That man's never yeah. nervous. Nerves of steel. Can't Barry even spell it. Did you get nervous, Barry, in big games? Always get no matter what game I played in, um, if I didn't feel the butterflies in the stomach, I never had a good game. Were you especially no. nervous when you're playing next to Gavin Rayther? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, on. That's terrible. He's some man. I'm only joking. He'll, he'll take that as a laugh, Gav. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you reckon, Ali's going to bring us up to date with the latest news that's coming in this evening, and also some of your texts and calls that are coming in? Oh eight oh eight seventeen seventeen seven hundred. I was taken by what you were saying there about Hamilton Ackies, and I loved uh, Brian Rice's quote after it. So, let's hear from the Hamilton Ackies manager. It's very difficult coming here and playing against the champions. You see the squad of the players. You see the substitutes can bring on. Oh. If I was Celtic, I'd be disappointed if I couldn't beat Hamilton in the opening day of the season. You know, Celtic are on a different level to us, you know, so I think it's very, very unfair if you try to judge me against Celtic. 
Exactly. Those are not the games that are going to define Hamilton Aki's season. A uh, lot to admire about Brian Rice and, and his philosophy and the football he wants to play. And, you know, it's brave. Some would say he got it wrong. I mean, <laughs> we, we spoke about this earlier, Barry, but, you know, the putting up a wall at Celtic Park and trying to contain them. Personally, from my point of view, I don't, I don't quite see the point because I think most teams are going to lose one way or another at Celtic Park. Why not play some football? Why not give your fans something to get excited about and actually maybe build towards the next game, mm. which might be a winnable game for Hamilton and at least you know they've got some an, an attacking formation? Yeah, but I think his interview, he's, he's just been realistic. Brian, uh, Brian Rice there and he's been honest. Um, they'll get ju- uh, judged on the teams that are normally down the bottom half of the table um, and he's come into Hamilton and, and let's be honest he's he's changed the style mm-hmm. the way they play they, they try and get the ball down and play in the right manner and that takes a brave man to go and do that with certainly the amount of young uh, young kids he's got in that team but he puts a lot of trust in them which I like from a manager I, I watched an interview before the game yesterday and he says he, he, he loves the fact that he's coaching the young ones he, he wants to see them go and progress try and move on from Hamilton to bigger clubs and try and make a real good career in, in, in the game so I like the way Brian Rice comes across and I like the way he sets up uh, set up his um, teams what, what an amazing record side they have as well yeah. of producing play. when you go back you go back to MacArthur and McCarthy mm-hmm. Brian Easton all moving on to, to big clubs and they, they keep Lewis is obviously up at Aberdeen mm-hmm. uh, Barry's nephew um, it goes on and on they keep on doing it and, and the fact that in the Premiership you would actually put out a starting 11 with an average age of 22 I mean that's quite remarkable at Celtic Park as I say I, I love the way that Brian Rice is going about this but what you don't want to happen is a Norwich down south you know that that really frustrated me when I hear people saying oh but Norwich have played good football but you've been relegated you know the, the aim of the game for Hamilton is to stay in the Premier League for money wise for to keep developing these kids you need to be in the Premier League how many seasons how many successive seasons do you reckon Hamilton have been in the top flight I'll, this, I'll go here's question number one I'll go six <laughs> Seven. This is wow, a, well. Yeah. This is number seven. But I mean, that, that's that's, that's remarkable. And probably all seven that they've been predicted to be and relegated. At yeah, the start. Rob, they've probably got the lowest budget. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, they have. They? Definitely got the lowest yeah. budget. So they, they deserve a lot of a lot of credit. Chrissy is on the line now. Celtic fan. Chrissy, good evening. How are we doing, guys? All right. Hi, Hi Chrissy. Chris, you're on go. What's your point? Um, obviously, you were talking about Celtic possibly needing another centre half. I was thinking there's obviously rumours about Bio going today. Griffiths is a bit unsure what's happening with him. If Edward gets injured, does that just leave Clamella? Do you think Celtic should maybe go in for another striker? Well, I'll tell you now, I know a striker that wants back up the road. I think Celtic and Rangers should both be looking at him. Stephen Fletcher, he's, uh, his wife's desperate, desperate to get back up to Glasgow. I think you would get him at a good price from what I've heard, uh, wages-wise, and for me it'd be a no-brainer. Are you in a wee commission by the sound of that? <laughs> Fletcher's actually just off yeah. the phone, is there? So, um, but it's a no-brainer for me, Stephen Fletcher. I mean, he could go and play for Celtic and Rangers in the starting eleven for me e- easily. Is there something in the go? Do you think he will? I think so. I think yeah. it will be Celtic and Rangers from what I hear. What, what age is Fletcher now? 33? So 32. Maybe yeah. just turning 33, same age as well, me. I've still got a few years like in the I've always liked yeah. him. Went down and had a great career down in England. Yeah. Bought for £9 million quid at one stage, didn't he? I know. Um, no, I, I think he's a real quality player and I, I think both the old firm teams will, will certainly be looking at him on a free transfer as well as you says he'll not be demanding high wages so I think it would be a, a good catch for either the old firm teams Chris, mm-hmm. what, would the, what, do the fa- what would the fans think about that? Would that is that underwhelming? The Stephen Fletcher, does that, not, does that excite you at all? No, no, I, mean, I would have picked <laughs> Fletcher a couple of years ago mm. um, 
I just think the amount of crosses that Celtic put in the box, Fletch is yeah. very good in there. It's a different yeah. option for Celtic. You know, Edwards no one probably the one weakness in his game for me is his his ability in there. So even that ten minutes, fifteen minutes to go if you're struggling to get a goal, Stephen Fletcher in the air is is, is very hard to stop. Celtic have got to hold hold on to Edward. Yeah. yeah. There, there's no doubt about that. I mean, there's going to be. A, I've got no doubt in my mind. There's going to be clubs. I think the only club that could realistically afford Edward is is Kelly Hart. Barry's got too many strikers already. He couldn't. He wouldn't fit into his plans. Do you think Celtic will hang on to him for this season? Many people feel, given whatever, that he stays for this defining season. They need to pull for me. Yeah. Um, He's he's a top player. Mm -hmm. He's he's the, the. the game changer, the game winner, whatever way you want to, mm. what you put it, he's he's on a different level. They, but they will keep him. They have to keep him. Mm-hmm. They, they'd be, Chrissy, they'd be outraged among the fans, wouldn't there, if if Edouard was sold, no matter what the price. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to entertain any any offers below thirty million. I think at least, um, if there's someone, you need to keep him at least for one more season, at least. And, and have you an idea of a, a striker you'd like to see come in to supplement what Celtic have already got? I don't know. It's it's a bit of a tough one that you know the prices for players these days is, is getting a bit out of hand. I mean, I think London Dykes is a good player, but again, yeah. no, not for me. Not for, for Celtic, no, not for me. No. I, I've seen both up up close. Stephen Fletcher's a better player than London Dykes for me. Mm-hmm. Barry, I've got to be honest with you. I've I've been impressed with London Dykes. Uh, I liked him last season. You've got to give him credit. He's came for the championship. Livingston took a punt on him. Scored a, a right few goals from last year. Um, I just mentioned five minutes ago. He was um, he gave Julian yeah. major problems. It's what Livingston are, are going to demand. Whether it's one and a half, two million pound, that's what's um, getting thrown about. But I like him. I, I think he's he still got potential to go on and, and um, become a big player. You must have been pleased, Chrissy, at what your team did yesterday. It was a bit sticky for them for a while, but early second half, they, they just blew Hamilton away. Oh, they were brilliant. First half, I was thinking it was actually going pretty well. In the second half, they scored two goals within 10 minutes, and you're like, oh, geez, what, you know, this could end up quite bad. But I thought I thought Hamilton played actually quite well, considering. Yeah. I thought the goalkeeper had a good game as well for them. Yeah, he did. Um, is there any stopping Celtic this season, do you think? Nah, I can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you don't, so you don't need another striker then, do you? Another striker I watched at the weekend thought... Listen, I, they I, can I w- sell Edward if they want. I watched uh, Dundee United St Johnson at the weekend and Shankland was very good. Uh, yeah, Really mm-hmm. impressed with Shankland. It's the first time I've watched him for 90 minutes and his movement and his link-up play was, was he was a class above everyone else on the pitch, Shankland. Unlucky not to score a couple of times, but um, his all-round game really impressed me. Derek Hancock's been on, he's saying, guys, how much do you think Morellas and Edward are worth? I know we touched on it earlier. So side for you, what about Morellas? See what Barry's saying, like Martin Wacon went for nine million pounds. Yeah. You know, for me Morellas mm-hmm. has done a lot more. I would take I wouldn't take any less than twenty million sure. for Morellas mm-hmm. and what Barry's saying, Edward probably thirty. Mm-hmm. Rob? Yeah, I wouldn't uh, greatly disagree with those figures to be honest. Barry? Barry. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I agree. 
thanks Derek for that and thanks Chrissy for calling in we've got a Livy fan on 0808 17 17 700 it's the Go Radio Football Show every night Monday to Friday here on Go and we're delighted to have the new signing Cy Ferry Barry Ferguson here along what with a Barry. midfield that oh, is Paul you too, Cy eh? Ferry and Barry Ferguson what a team this is developing into <laughs> is it? Yeah, well. do you know what we need to get? Yeah. Shandy Club has yeah. Barry ever told you about Shandy no. Club? Listen, I'll let you because it was on you, one of your shows, wasn't it? So every yeah. day was the was it the van? A wee van you had? Just go. As soon as Shand, as soon as someone said Shandy Club on the way home, mm-hmm. it was a vote to see if they went on it. Was it the Bovell Bridge? Uh, aye, it was there. Yeah. There was a few destinations. But <laughs> is it Bob Malcolm that always didn't want to go, and so you would go just to yep. wind Bob up? Uh, mm-hmm. yep. Some good days. Very good days. We won the league that year. That was every day in pre-season. What, you would be going for a, for a few beers every day Aye, in pre-season? just a few shandies. Right. Uh, shandies. <laughs> Can we bring that back, shand- Yeah, why not? If, if we win the league, you know, as in this, get to the top of the radio charts, then yes. Yes, cannot That's wait. the aim. <laughs> we can get a night in Barry's house. Get a night in Barry's house. Oh, perfect. Yeah, is it amazing? Oh, it's, mate, it's massive. <laughs> it's massive, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, who's on the line now? It's Ross, a Livy fan, who's called in. Ross, good evening. Welcome to the show. Evening, guys. Loving the show. Uh, Thanks, Ross. Thanks, Ross. How are you? On the the new show. Thank you. So, what's in your mind, Ross, tonight? I just thought I'd uh, I'd call up and just see from you guys what your your predictions are for Livy this season. I know we've not changed uh, the squad greatly, but uh, but it'd be cool to see uh, what you what what you can expect from the the team this season. And I know you kind of touched on it before regarding Lyndon Dykes and Mm -hmm. the offer or the potential offer from from Barnsley today so just to see where you think he'll end up and how much you reckon he's worth as well you must have been amazed last season how well well were you amazed at how well you did uh, in the Premiership yeah it's incredible yeah. yeah we lost because I think that the previous year that we managed to stay up like our yep. first season back uh, the, the team was in, incredible in the Championship season and I wasn't surprised that we stayed up then but we did lose the bulk of the squad the likes of uh, Halkett and, yep. uh, and Gallagher and yeah I was, I was worried coming into last season but we made some some brilliant signings. The recruitment policy was spot on again from the club, and uh, it was an incredible season. Obviously, a shame I had to finish early, but but it was yeah, it was amazing to finish finish fifth. Great knowledge, by you. Yep, it was great analysis. Mine is a pundit on Thursday, so you <laughs> could be in the sack here, isn't it, for him, for is, it, is it not Marvin Bartley on Thursday? <laughs> oh, indeed, he is joining us. Yeah, uh, he is. Yeah. Making so, a score radio debut. What about that point then about Lyndon Dykes? Rangers were also mentioned, said, you know, possible for Rangers, um, Barnsley. What do you think, Rob? What's going to happen? With who? With Lyndon Dykes. Yeah, it's only a matter of time, isn't it? Mm, um, yeah. But, you know, and, and we should stress where he's come from. We've spoken mm-hmm. about the standard he was at. So, yeah. yes, he's climbing the ladder rapidly. Is he ready for a Rangers or Celtic? Probably not at this stage. But for some of the other clubs, for for an Aberdeen, for a, for a Hibs, you know, anyone looking for that, that type of striker, I mean, he's he is making strides. And, and maybe it's a little bit surprising that he's still with Livingston. Not that, not that Ross is complaining too much about it um, because you've, you've lost quite a, a few key players when you think about it well you'll know about it Ross likes a Lithgow and Lamy Lawson Lawless I think everyone beginning with an L has been drummed out of the place by the sounds of it Erskine Dolly Menga's gone as well so so that, that takes a fair bit of replacing doesn't it? I think so I think the biggest loss is, is definitely uh, 
Stevie Lawler yeah. and it's almost like a sort of like for like replacement with the Alan Forrest that we brought in from here so excited about, about him coming in Obviously, Lamy was another another loss at the back. I think Lithgow is still at the, the club, but he's had quite a few injury problems over the last season and a bit. So whether he'll even get a, a game this season is debatable or whether he's kind of completely finished but just for the, for the injury problems he's had. Can you not but just yeah, bring him well, off the bench for a long throw? <laughs> but we might, we might as well. I think now that we've got the, the potential for bringing on five subs, we can just bring him on for the for the throw-ins, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I yeah. tell you, I think Forrest could be a, a real. He's good at air, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. he could be a, a great piece of business from Livingston. Um, watched him a few times last year. Yeah, good pedigree, obviously, with his brother at, at Celtic. So I, I think he could be a, a, a key signing for Livingston. I heard, I heard uh, Marvin Bartley on, on telly last night was having a wee nip at Alan Forrest a couple of bits of the analysis. He was, oh, he should have done this and he should have done that and he should have been there. And he, you know, So uh, so he'll be, he'll be getting a bit of e-rick by the sounds of it from Marvin Bartley. But he's a, he's a player of, of, some provis, of some promise, isn't he, um, Alan Forrest? And you know, he, he's going have to a bit like Lyndon Dykes take that step up from having played at a lower level yeah I think the good thing about uh, again it comes down to the club's recruitment policy and, and such like in, in the past few years we've brought players from lower leagues even the likes of Scott Pittman and and whatever that, that were brought in that have managed to, to showcase the, the offering right up to the to the Premiership and really excel up there I know Pittman last season was rumoured to be going to Aberdeen mm. and there was a couple of other clubs interested in him we've managed to keep him thankfully as well but, but it was obviously a testament to the to the kind of recruitment that we can bring in players from the lower leagues and give them that platform to to play in the Premiership and then at the end of the day they, they, they get their move uh, on the back of it OK thanks Ross stay tuned uh, we're on till 7 coming out shortly Richard Tate who scored for Saints at the weekend so he'll be joining us in a few moments and Barry the man who gave you your Scotland debut he'll be joining us just after this The Bull Radio Football Show Let's go, go. The Bull Radio Football Show Let's go Thanks for making the switch to us every night, Monday to Friday, 0808 17 17 700. Si, how's Barry doing in his debut tonight? Outstanding, outstanding young man, I'm proud of you. A legend at Rangers in Scotland, the Blackburn Rovers, and becoming so on the radio as well. I think we'll give him another game based on this. <laughs> well, I've got you, bonus. I'm feeling under a bit of pressure here. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to have you on, Barry, on the show, and Si as well. Thanks to everyone who contacted us over the weekend uh, from Friday's show from Martin Compton to Jackie McNamara was on Kenny Miller from Australia uh, Barry you came on the line Owen Coyle joined us as well it was with so many and Stephen O'Donnell as well who also turned up yesterday uh, elsewhere so it's a really packed show and that's what we're looking to give you your show every night on go James and Chris and the team working to pull it all together it's your show so give us a call 0808 17 17 700 is the number to call we're going to be speaking to someone who scored uh, at the weekend for St Mirren any moment now I think we can speak in fact he is on the line and Ali you were there so you do the intro yeah. Richard Tate Richard how are you doing? I'm good thank you how are you? Great thank you we had a wee chat earlier on but obviously no one else could hear that tell us what it was like in your debut scoring for St Mirren on Saturday it was great yeah uh, obviously um as people probably know, I don't really get up the pitch that far to uh, score too many goals. So um, when I find myself in the opposition box, it was just one of them. I shut your eyes and let it hit your head and it luckily went in. It's quite a dive, <laughs> wasn't it? Um, 
actually thought I was going to scrape my face off the ground. I should have went, <laughs> went, with, should have went with my foot, but uh, for some reason I went for a diving header, and you know, just luckily, luckily for me and the boys, it, it went in. Well, as a St Mirren fan, I'm not going to complain. I thought it was superb. I appreciate. You, you it. I'll, just, take, I'll take it all day. To be fair, you were just a bit underground, weren't you, Richard? By the time you got there. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I was very, very close to the ground, but um, no. Like I said before, obviously it's great to score a goal, but uh, more so just to get the win for the for the team. And as obviously as a defender, to keep a clean sheet was was good as well. And you've just watched it back the seventy five times since, I'd imagine. I've watched it back a few times. Yeah, um, I've had so many people as well tell me what am I doing in the opposition box? Why am I that far at the pitch? So. A few people never had that belief in me to go and straight go and score, so it was nice to shut them up a little bit. It was probably the other side of your game that that, that was more important to Jim Goodwin and, and St Mirren as well in terms of finding that defensive solidity. Um, some good signings made, lots of leaders. Of course, you were a captain at Motherwell. Uh, Joe Shaughnessy knows all about captaincy. Marcus Fraser as well. How big a factor has that been in forging something new at St Mirren? Uh, I think you know that was the first time we'd played together as a back four. Um, Who did so I miss out? What was the name I missed out in the back four? Uh, Connor McCarthy. He was he was there last year. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's the first time the back five, including the goalie, obviously, has, has played together, and you know, it felt it felt pretty solid. Um, I think everyone knows when you come up against Livingston, you're going to face uh, a lot of balls into the box and a lot of. Um, battling and trying to pick up them second balls and you know to be honest with you Joe and uh, Connor were they were outstanding uh, I think every time the ball came in the box one of them met it with a header and you know really took the pressure off us so you know it, like I said before for me to get a goal was nice but to be honest with you as a defender you want to keep clean sheets and that was that was you know miles better than me scoring to be honest with you Richard at Cypher how are you doing mate? How you doing, buddy? Good, uh, big Good. fan of the show, lad. Oh, thanks very much. I appreciate it. Uh, obviously, you're talking about the goal, but the one si- downside was uh, your fringe in the paper. And, and, and the, did you see it? <laughs> <laughs> you're getting you hard for me. <laughs> When I heard you were on the show, I thought I'd definitely bring this up. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I just, as Rob said, mate, he's looking great defensively. He's been linked to a bye today from Celtic. What a signing that would be, Faze, eh? Yeah, I think you know that would be massive. It'd be a real big boost for us if we can get a player of that quality uh, in at the club, and obviously to help the boys going forward, it would it would be great. So, um, you know, hopefully that hopefully the manager can get that over the line and and he can and come and help the boys. Good. All the best for the season, mate. Thanks, pal. Thanks. Richard, it's Barry Ferguson here. How are you doing? Good, pal. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Listen, I was surprised, like many people were. Obviously, Muddle letting you go. Were you were you surprised yourself? Um, not really, no. I mean, the situation happened at Motherwell happened, and um, as much as I would have liked to have stayed and carried on there, it, it just wasn't to be. You know, you got you guys know how football works, and sometimes it's just it's time to move on at a place. And I, you know, I felt that it was my time to kind of move on and find somewhere new. Yeah, but just saying because a couple of my mates are Motherwell fans, and they were they were obviously disappointed to to see you go. But listen, it's St Mum's gain. Barry's the Jeremy Paxman or the Emily Maitlis on the show. He asks the probing questions, the one that others fear to tread towards. But Motherwell made you an offer, Richard, didn't they? To to try to keep you. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, yeah. I spoke about it before. Yeah, they they made an offer, and you know it was something that at the time I thought was done. But you know things happen in football, and um, 
it turned out it wasn't to be and it was time for me to move on so uh, I moved on obviously to St Mirren and to be honest with you Ed, you know things things have worked out for the better I've, I'm really enjoying my time at St Mirren so far and you know I think it's going to be a good year for us I hope it is anyway and was that because Motherwell went, went back on what they had originally offered you they, they, they reduced the offer basically and, and that made yeah, the I difference think obviously, obviously with the circumstances with obviously coronavirus and things it was you know, it's a difficult time for everyone, isn't it? Um, not just individuals, but football clubs as well. So um, things change. But listen, like I said, that's water under the bridge. And, you know, hope Motherwell go and have a good season. And you've, made, well and you've, and you've made Ali Defoy very happy. Yeah. <laughs> for scoring, yeah. obviously, nothing else. <laughs> I was just going to say to you, Richard, um, tonight you can't be with us for too long. Is it because you're watching Ross County Motherwell or have you got something else on? I did actually plan to watch that, but now you know I've been told that I've got to go out for dinner with a with a mother-in-law. So it's oh, an absolute dear. nightmare. Oh, there's a new deal. Was there no something happening? Right, Half yeah. price food. You're right. Price the food. Chancellor's new deal, Barry. That's yeah. It. Are you popping nah, out afterwards? Oh, Richard, knows politics yeah. as well. Yeah. He knows everything, doesn't he? Barry Ferguson, what a man. Richard, what's your prediction tonight for Ross County against your old team? Uh, I think I'll go for a two-one to Motherwell. Two-one for the well. Richard, thanks very much for joining us. Have Thank a great you very season. much, Thanks, guys. Richard Tate, who scored that. That was great. It was a difficult goal, I would imagine, to the way he did it. He, he took it really well the other night. The other great finish. <laughs> great finish. One yeah. of the, the hardest things to do. Um, the, the diving header. Um, I was surprised, just as, as Richard said, that he was that far up the pitch, but great finish. You've got to give him credit for that. Fullbacks are doing that now, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Like you said, Frimpong scoring off a of Taylor yeah. Cross, you look mm-hmm. at Robertson and Trent. Fullbacks are, mm-hmm. I mean, when I played, you just say the fullback stop, trying mm-hmm. to just pass the bottom of the field players. But now they're, 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 they're a second winger now, aren't they? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He was, he was really popular at Motherwell, wasn't he? He loved it there, and the fans loved him as well. Um, I think he was probably taken aback mm-hmm. to, to be leaving the club because I don't think that was what he was expecting. Every time I watched Motherwell last season, um, he was one of the most consistent performers mm-hmm. and that's why I was I was surprised that he, they couldn't come to an a, agreement but listen as I mentioned there St Myrna have got a really good full back in a guy with experience now in the Scottish game and I think he'll, I think he'll be a great signing for St Myrna yeah. Barry anyone else impressed you at the weekend what about Boyle of Hibs Martin Boyle two goals against uh, Kelly Paul I've said this about Martin Boyle plenty of times I'm just surprised that a Rangers or a Celtic mm-hmm. hasn't come in and, and took him um, I know Hibs fans wouldn't be happy with me saying that, but I think he's, um, I think he's an excellent player. He's got pace to burn, and he's a match winner. Mm-hmm. And you've seen that on Saturday. I thought two great finishes, and um, he's out of contract. I think at the end of yeah. this season. So I think he'd be a great signing for either the old firm or even. A, a big club down in England. I, I actually think played he's with Dundee. I actually played with Boyle at Dundee. Did you? Uh-huh. And uh, he was the last pick in five sides, mate. Because see, technically, he isn't a great, and he'll admit that mm. himself, but Fast. on the big pitch, mate, he's one of the quickest that but I've Can I just say, I think yeah. he's improved. See, the last two or three years, I think he's got better. Yeah, definitely. Um, as he's got older, maybe that's through uh, maybe working extra in the training ground, but certainly a match winner. Hibs have got he's there. He's a great finisher. He's, mm-hmm. he's finishing at Dundee. I mean, he can hit the ball really hard. His technique is. Mm-hmm. is very, so a winger that gets you 10 goals 10-15 goals a season that's I mean that's worth its weight in gold isn't it could you cope with your pace Si <laughs> <laughs> I was always sitting up watching him Rob so I, know, I was on the bench most of the time sitting next to me Paul Hartley but um, no Boyle was so even the big games he was never phased by it mm-hmm. you know we, Dundee took him from Montrose mm. um, but he's just he's a confident boy 
uh, and I think he's got that mentality and made a step up as well I just wonder whether it was that injury he had that put off maybe some of the bigger clubs from coming in from him he was out for a while wasn't he a bad injury yeah. but he came back for Hibs and he came back better than he'd been before he quicker than he'd been before and, and I mean as a Premiership defender he's, he's the sort of guy that would have you waking up screaming in the middle of the night isn't he because you don't <laughs> want him running at you with the ball yep yeah. certainly I mean I, I don't think the injuries affected him no. since he's come back his form's been back to what it was before the injury and he's got the thing that everybody wants in football mm -hmm. he's got electrifying yeah. pace and as I said and and then on a good day he could win you a game and that's why I think he'd be a great signing uh, for somebody but I'm sure Hibs will want to try and hang on to him because yeah. uh, he's such an important player for Hibs as well I think Barry makes a really good point and that you know some of the, the the old firm have you know tend to look elsewhere when they're looking for top attacking players mm -hmm. and actually there's one like Martin Boyle right under their noses yeah. um, and he's got all the tools really your only worry would be though Rangers have signed promising wingers from other SPL teams you know Jordan Jones springs to mind and yeah. he's not done it there um, but as I say, knowing Martin Boyle and knowing his mentality, I think he could, could go and play for a Rangers. Right, what do the listeners think? 08, 08, 17, 17, 700 here on the Go Football Show where Barry, Sai and Rob have been speaking about the value, the valuation of Morellas, around 20 million, 17, 18, 20 million. And uh, Odson Edward, maybe 25, 30 million. But we'd love to keep them all in Scotland and uh, keep as many as we can Rob here but it's just it's the economics of the game everyone's for sale aren't they so what do you think give us a call now 0808 17 17 700 some two people you know really well Barry uh, and Sai so Mikel Arteta turned out to be the winner at the weekend uh, with Arsenal and what a weekend as well for Kieran Tierney Barry your old mucker uh, how do you feel for him uh, delighted obviously next teammate he, he was a fantastic footballer Mikel um, we, we brought him in from PSG and you, you knew yeah. you knew he had Class. top quality and I think he went back to Spain I think he went back to Real Sociedad and then back over to England at Everton and then yep. down to Arsenal but it's great to see guys like that go through their coaching uh, badges obviously got a great job at Man City with, for me the best manager in the world he done his apprenticeship under him and now he's been down to Arsenal and I think he's done a fantastic job I fancied Chelsea to yeah. do it mm. but you've got to give Arsenal credit I think Arsenal were the better team in do the you know end what I loved about Arsenal Barry I mean everyone's now obsessed with playing out for the back but Arteta's seen that Chelsea are very good at pressing mm -hmm. so he just kept turning them you know, he's got more than one way to play yep. and the goal comes for Tierney basically kicking a long ball over the pitch a bam and runs through and gets a penalty so I like that about Arteta mm -hmm. you know he's not just got this one style that he sticks to constantly there's two or three ways different ways that his yeah, teams can play it looks to me if he's got a plan B and yeah. plan C which, which I like seeing in a, in a manager but he, he certainly he took on a massive job there mm -hmm. and he's went in and I think he's, he's done fantastically well he's got them their first trophy in a number of years as well so I'm sure he'll be a hero already down at Arsenal. And he keeps them in Europe, Rob, yeah, for, uh, I mean, what a record they have, because they were going to lose it. If they hadn't won, they were going to be out of Europe for the first yeah. time in over 20 years I mean he, he looks like he's learnt big time from Pep yeah. Guardiola doesn't he yeah. he even seems to move like him he yeah. jumps around in the technicals yeah. like him. he yeah. does he does that's like you and dressing like me all the time buddy. <laughs> <laughs> is that a real one you've won <laughs> Turkey mate how old, how old was he when he went when he, was he about 19 or 20 when he came to Rangers just turned 21 yeah. um, we actually played against PSG and he was playing in the PSG team that had Ronaldinho in it and Mikel impressed um, he was very he didn't look physically strong but he was strong on the ball um, and Rangers obviously signed him and fantastic footballer and went on to play at the top level down in England 
He's, he's building a good team there, isn't he? He yeah. is. And Kieran Tierney, so oh, the start of the career there, it was tough for him, wasn't it, with the injuries? What would you say now? Do you know what, Paul? I'm absolutely delighted for him because I know he got a lot of stick off Celtic fans when he left and he took it hard. You know, we speak to him quite a bit and um, it was hard for him to hear that because Charlie McGrew on the podcast today and he was saying, like, Kieran Tierney's a proper Celtic fan. You know, he would be standing in the, with the Green Brigade, but um, he's had a lot of stick from Celtic fans over his decision. But just knowing his mentality, he believes he's a world class player. And I, and I think the only way you can go and prove that is by going to that next level. And I think he's now starting to date. He's got through the injuries. And I think that the thing that's helped him is that he's now got a top class manager. Mm-hmm. You know, I think if anyone's going to make you a better player, a guy like Arteta is the man to do it. It's great to see Scottish players go down there and play at the top level. He's no doubt in my mind when he was coming through at Celtic, he had the potential to go and do it. Um, £25 million it's a lot of pressure on yeah. on his shoulders but I think he's the type of guy who just brushes nope. it aside and gets on with it he looks to me if he's a real just down to earth guy I yeah. know he's for the Wish area and I, knew, I know a few people that know him and say that he's he's still the same guy when he made his debut still the same guy obviously getting that £25 million move so Fair play to him, and it's it's great to see Scottish players do well and win trophies. That's one of the things I like about Kieran Tierney and Andy Robertson as well. Mm-hmm. They're they're both superstars, but they're both very much mm-hmm. in touch with reality. But look at Andy Robertson, Champions League, <laughs> Premier League, <laughs> and it's and it's ama- that's an amazing story for me. Five six years ago, he was playing with Queens, Queens Park. Park. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dundee United. Jackie McNamara's got to take a lot of credit. Yeah, he took a punt on him, taking him up with Dundee United. Um, and turned him into a good player and then obviously goes down to Hull and then on to Liverpool and he's just playing with fantastic players he's playing at the top level winning trophies it's Barry, see you see. Tierney, obviously you were in a similar situation you left Rangers as a Rangers fan mm-hmm. how tough is that? it is tough no, and why did you do it? was it to prove how good you could be down south? no I, d- I didn't really want to leave as well right. which um, obviously Rangers needed a, a, the money at the time um, but it is hard when you grow up when you're Similar to Kieran, he's a Celtic fan. I was obviously brought up Rangers, supporting Rangers, um, and it's your club. But sometimes you've got to make decisions, and he made a tough decision. There's no mm. doubt it must have been hard for Kieran, because as we all know, he's he's brought up a, a Celtic fan. But for me, I, I knew when I, when you first seen him coming through at Celtic, there was no doubt in my mind he could play mm. at the top level. I found it hard to leave Celtic as well, Paul, but they were, they were putting me at the door. That's, my... <laughs> That's like Barry, Barry Ferguson. More of this coming next. The Goal Radio Football Show. I think you just mentioned Hibbert Stadium because Barry Ferguson's in the studio. I don't think there's any problem there at all tonight, Barry. Would you reckon? Road's still pretty quiet. Strange time, isn't it? And, you know, we hope everyone's staying well, looking after themselves. Keep your distance, you know, keep washing your hands with the hot water. Look after yourselves and keep Scotland f- safe. We want to see everybody back at the football in time. That's the yeah. most important thing, Paul. Um, everybody keeping safe and sticking to the guidelines. And hopefully, as you mentioned there, we will get fans back in uh, pretty soon. Training for you starts 1st of September, Si, yeah. so just four weeks before you're back at Peterhead. But I think you still love that, don't you? Playing, coaching and doing the podcast at Open Goal and now and go as well. But uh, you must be, it's a busy life. Yeah. I, I, need, I need it back because I actually paid £12 to watch Dundee Night St Johnson the weekend. So as you can tell, I'm going off my nut. Um, <laughs> but actually, I liked it though because you could hear the managers. And I thought that Mickey Mellon was taking a dance class. For 90 minutes, all I heard him shout was slide. That's how he shouted for 90 minutes. So I was just imagining Stevie Freely's assistant manager sliding about the dugout but brilliant Loved, I like it I like it though seeing, seeing me being able to hear the managers and the mm. players I, I really enjoy it and I, I use it as an example of the young kids that I coach yeah. 
listen to the games and see how top players, how much they talk to each other and demand off each other. So it's been good for me. And as a commentator, you yep. find yourself uh, doing quite a few apologies in the course of a 90 minutes ah. because without the crowd noise to drown it out, players do what players do. And that means uh, a yep. fair bit of industrial language. Imagine Barry. Imagine Barry with oh. it. Oh my God. I don't know if I could. I don't even want to say, but it, it must be. It must be strange for yeah. the players. I mean, me as a, an ex-player, I, I loved playing in front of packed stadiums. That 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 drove you on the, the fans, whether they were behind you, or whether sometimes, yeah. most of the time, they were against me. We'll have a factor this season. Well, you'll find out. Barry's here with us a uh, couple of nights every week as is Cy. Rob is on. Ali Defoy as well. And we mentioned just before the break 0808 17 17 700. Uh, Edward, how much is he worth? Or what about Celtic for this season? And what about for Rangers? What's happening with Morel as we hope that everyone stays here in the game? But Barry, we mentioned the man who gave you your first Scotland cap is on the line now. Craig Brown. Craig, good evening. Good evening, folks. Hi, Congratulations, we are just a few weeks ago. A special birthday. I don't have birthdays any longer. I don't like mentioning birthdays. Uh, no, but you're incredible for 90. Come on. Oh, steady. <laughs> Craig, amazing. And thanks for joining us tonight. Barry Ferguson here. You remember giving him his first cap? Well, I remember him. Uh, I always say that we played England in the second leg of the playoff at uh, Wembley. And without doubt, the youngest player in the park was the best player in the park. And Barry was, I think, the youngest player in the park. And, you know, England had some very well-established midfield players. You know, the guys like the Spinces and the Scholes and guys like that. The best player in the park was Barry Ferguson by a mile. Wow. That's nice of you to say. I remember that game down at Wembley. We, it was 1-0. We, we deserved to win it by, mm. by more, but we dominated. We were disappointed in the first game, Craig, at Hamden. There's no doubt yeah. about it, but we made up for that down at, mm. at the remember. old Wembley. Yep. Um, we were fantastic. Fantastic group of players as well to play with. It must have been disappointing, Craig, because you kind of knew you knew what Paul Scholes was going to do. You knew his game, didn't you? So it must have been disappointing that he got the goals at Hamden. Uh, it was very disappointing. Well, the, the thing that troubled us was an old firm game the week before it now that was poor organisation I think by the SFL you know keep an old firm game away from a game against England because you know a lot of the players were involved in that game and uh, I'm not saying it was a deliberate uh, uh, challenge but I think George Alberts cemented Paul uh, Lambert now Lambert, Lambert was another very good midfield player at that time so Lambert in the midfield along with Barry there yeah I think, and he would have been marking, I'm sure he would have been marking schools and matching that run. So we, we were without Lambert because of the injury in the old firm game. And I think that was one of the fa major factors that uh, enabled schools to score two goals. But it was a great, a great result anyway, wasn't it? I mean, to beat England at Wembley, that doesn't happen too often. Don Hutchison's goal, Neil McCann's cross, and then that amazing David Seaman save to deny Christian Daly. Otherwise, it was two each. Yeah, and I think, you know, had we got to two each, I have a feeling that uh, we were the better team and we would have gone on to win the game, uh, you know, going to extra time. But, uh, well, that's that's football and we didn't get the equaliser, yep. unfortunately. A wonderful Seaman save, there's no doubt about that. But Hutchison scored well. Hutchison scored another good goal for us, Scotland. I remember we beat Germany 1-0 in Bremen. Yep. And the, the goal was scored by Don Hutchison again. And I've got to say it, I've said this once or twice and I don't want to bore you but uh, he would never have been up front if it hadn't been for him playing in a B international against Wales and Tommy Burns had the team 
I said to Tommy afterwards, I said, Tommy, anybody for the first team? He says, I'll give you a tip. He said, put Don Hutchison in the first. I said, we're, we're well off in midfield. He's a midfield player. He says, no, no, I put him up front in the second half. And if ever I saw a striker <laughs> that'll score goals, that'll win everything in the air, he'll bully the defenders, and the ball sticks to him, it's Don Hutchison. So it was Tommy Burns' advice, I put him up front in a friendly against Germany, and he scored the winner. Then he scored the winner uh, at uh, Wembley. So thanks, Tommy. Indeed, yeah, the late great Tommy. Heady yeah. days. Who would have thought, Craig, that when you took us to France in '98, and we were all there? Certainly, Rob and I were. And you were—it's uh, before you uh, broke through, uh, Barry. Inside, you didn't quite break through at that level. He's still breaking through. That was when I was in my best ten. I think that was in my best years. <laughs> but you know, Craig, we, we thought it would always happen, didn't we? Um, that it, it's been so long since we we've made it to the, the World Cup or the European Championships. Uh, but a big year for Scotland potentially for us now to progress. Yeah, I, I genuinely think we'll. I'm very confident we'll beat Israel in the semi-final of the, of the playoff, and then we'll get into the final. I'm worried about Serbia or Norway to, away from home, though. I've got to say they're good sides, and Norway have got this big striker that can cause trouble, the biggest in Europe. You know the tallest guy, but you know we'll certainly get. I'm sure we'll certainly get to the final of the playoff, and it's up to us. And I think Scotland will take a good support, whether it's uh, Serbia they're going to or, or Norway, and. I think the team is beginning to take shape very well now. I, I laugh at the fact, Craig, how much uh, you were panned at the time for style of football and all the rest of it, and the, the way you went about it, because um, people would just snap your hand off now in terms of what you achieved, and, and your achievements as Scotland manager way back then, 20 years ago, um, become all the more laudable with each passing year, and each passing year we've failed to, we've failed to do it. Yeah, well, I was accused of being defensive, but uh, we never ever played without two strikers. And usually, the, the usual shape of the team was uh, three-five-two, but sometimes it was four-four-two, depending on the opposition. But we always had two strikers. We never, you know, the, the fashion now, you know, the four-two-three-one with one up only. Uh, we were never in that uh, category. So, and also we defended very well. To get to Euro '96, we played ten qualifying games, and we lost three goals. To get to the World Cup 98, we played 10 qualifying games, we lost three goals. So I think the press were right in saying we were defensive, but we didn't lose games and we didn't lose goals. So the objective was to keep a clean sheet and we did that. You know, it's quite remarkable. When you think of Jim Layton, for example, his goalkeeping record for Scotland, 91 caps, 42 clean sheets. I mean, wow. it's incredible. Oof. Is Stevie Clark the right man of you? Were you convinced when he was appointed and are you still convinced now that he's the man to take us back to a major finals? Yeah, I think so. I'm very optimistic and I think Stevie's an excellent guy, excellent manager. I'll tell you a story. When he got the job, I said to him, he knew, he knew I'm from here, you know, and I lived there and he was the commander manager. I said to him, Stevie, tell me something. What was it like being manager of the second best team in Ayrshire? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, wait to hear his answer. Quick as a flash, he says, the third best did the Talbot not be <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's the Ayrshire rivalry. Yeah. Uh, and Craig, you're still involved with the Dons? Well, uh, the new owner came in and he's changed things dramatically. Well, I was on the board. At, yeah, uh, I know. Stacked, yeah. He got rid of four of us and I was one of the ones he got rid of. And then he says to me, I don't want you to go, I don't want you to go. I said, well, what do you want me to do? 
And he said, well, I think, you know, I've got this notion, I think it's this American idea, that every club has an ambassador. I want you to be the club ambassador. <laughs> and I said, aye, what, do you, what does that entail, you know? And I remember that Gary McAllister telling me he was the club ambassador at Liverpool. When Klopp came to Liverpool, Gary was the first team coach, mm-hmm. the assistant manager. And Klopp says, I'm bringing my own guy, but I want you to stay and be the club ambassador. And Gary says, what's that entail? He says, 70 days a year. And they will get uh, supporters in Kuala Lumpur and <laughs> Las Vegas and uh, Melbourne, Australia. You've got to keep them sweet, Gary. Would you manage that? And Gary says, that sounds no bad. Keep the same salaries you had and the same car and on you go. So I said, I joked with our man, Dave Cormack, and I said, Dave, you want me to be the master? I'll take the same deal as McAllister. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got some good talent there, young Lewis Ferguson, not least, of course, with Uncle Barry here in the studio. Uh, it's going to some, some really good talent there. There is, yes. And, and Ferguson has played exceptionally well the last two seasons. You know, he's been, you know, he's a young lad, but he's played like a, you know, a, a late 20s, 28-year-old in the way he plays shows great experience, great composure. And uh, I thought I don't need to say that, not not just because Barry's there, but he's an outstanding young player and uh, everyone acknowledges that. Craig, did you ever in all your days think we'd be watching football matches with no fans inside? No, that's a first for me. I mean, they're all telling me, you know, you've, you've been 60 years in football and you've never seen this before. And I went to the game on and, and Saturday. I was lucky to get an invitation to go because uh, they let the ambassador you, you were You weren't the one up, up in the cherry picker, were you? <laughs> nah. I, was, I was sitting there, I was sitting in the, you know, isolated, you know, two seats from everyone else in mm. the stand and I had a good view of the, the, the operation and I thought Rangers were outstanding in the first, although Archie Knox phones me there the other day and he says, we, we, Rangers had the kickoff and he said they had two minutes of passes and at least Double figure of passes, and they hadn't even got into uh, no, Aberdeen's half. They, said they, they, they had the ball in their own half from the kickoff. You know, he, was, he was making a point that, that uh, possession is becoming, mm. there's an obsession about possession, and sometimes they'll go get the ball in the opposition half if they want to score. And uh, I think Archie made the point. That, uh, it might be interesting to see, I'd like to see that kickoff again to see what he was talking about, but I didn't notice it at the time. But I noticed that both teams were uh, hell-bent in possession and neither goalkeeper had very much to do so you know it wasn't a game for the fans for excitement but there was a lot of good passing a good play particularly from Rangers in the first half Possession obsession I might use that one again myself sometime um, but it's just great to have football back Craig isn't it and, and it's a real shame that, that the fans can't get in right now hopefully that happens quite soon but when when we've been without it for four and a half months I, I don't think uh, we ever probably quite realise how much we love it how much we miss it because we welcome it back so greatly don't we Exactly I, I know we're all up now but in here they tell me every well there's a bit of concern over one pub but every pub was packed because they were showing yeah. the game and the fans are desperate to get to a game and it'll be great when we're allowed to go Keep your distance when you're in those Aberdeen bars <laughs> I'll meet you, yeah <laughs> Craig, thanks very much for joining us and we'll speak to you later in the season Good luck Okay, it's a pleasure thanks. All the best, Craig Thank you Thank you Cheers Craig Brown there Absolute legend He's uh, amazing, isn't yeah. he? So much enthusiasm for football at that age Yeah, eh? yeah. Brilliant to hear uh-huh. Of course, one of his old teams, Motherwell, playing tonight. Um, we might have the team news in a few moments. Uh, we're going to talk about Rangers and Leverkusen in a moment or two. And some of your calls still coming in, 0808 17 17 700. A couple of questions for the guys, Ali. Yeah, we've had quite a few texts in. Thanks for getting in touch. 87474 if you want to drop us a message like Emily and Lindsay. She said, um, as a 
Celtic supporter. I was impressed at how Rangers ground out that win. Would like to know what Barry thinks is uh, still needed in that side to realistically stop Celtic. It's a good point. That, that's something that I would say Rangers lacked last season was grinding out results when they didn't play as well. Um, and I still think that me and Cy were speaking at the, the, the start of the show. I'd probably still see an attacking midfielder and another centre forward that the manager would be looking to add. Um, but listen, see, during the season, you can't always play well. Sometimes you've got to just knuckle down and grind a 1-0 or a 2-1 at, at times and that's where Rangers lacked last season so hopefully they can they can sort it out this season uh, uh, For me I know it's hard to get but you know another leader in there I watched I was buzzing off the big boys debut I thought he done really well but didn't look like a talker to me you know he was very quiet I thought mm. um, then you're, talk, you're looking at Tavernier Stephen mm. Davis is when he's on his pitch but mm. other than they two I didn't see a lot of, a lot of guys that, at Rangers that demand That's something you I think fading out of football yeah what proper leaders on the pitch guys who are, are drumming up their teammates Scott Brown's probably the last one man. driving them on when you don't need to be playing well but you need to be driving your teammates round about you why do you think um, it has gone through I don't know maybe it's they're coming through these systems now and um I don't know, you don't get the jobs you used to do. We have to clean boots and clean yeah. the main stands, clean buses, all that sort of stuff. I don't know whether it comes from that, but there is a severe lack of leaders mm-hmm. nowadays in the, the modern game. And that's and that's a big that's yeah. been a big factor, hasn't it, in Celtic's success story recently? Because Scott Brown, even though he's not obviously contributing an awful lot to the game, he just mm-hmm. has that massive influence on everyone else round about him. It's a it's a well oiled machine. I think it shows you the stats that when Scott Brown doesn't play that Celtic mm-hmm. lose a lot more games than when he does. And like like you said Rob I watch a lot of games and Scott Brown's not having the best game you know he's not. I don't think he is the best passer in the world but one thing that he is is he demands off his teammates and like Barry says they guys are invaluable you, you made a key, a key word there you mentioned demanding when you're not playing well you're the leader in the team and you need to demand from your, your teammates that they keep driving on they keep doing the right things and Scott Brown is a, a good example he does that certainly the last two or three years he certainly became a, a, a very important leader that's probably something that the manager at Rangers Stephen Gerrard maybe lacks he's got yeah. a, I know Alan McGregor he's real passionate but it's difficult when a goalkeeper he's 20-30 yards behind the back four he's, is Davis a big talker Barry? no Davo just went about his, his business really quietly yeah. um, very good footballer mm-hmm. there's no doubt I mean a, a top foot, footballer but Devo was was pretty quiet yeah. on the pitch and in the in the dressing room. See if there was a league table of moaners on the pitch when you were playing. Would you have been pretty much top? Outright, outright winner. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, that, that that was just uh, that was something that I, I get brought up with. Um, the coaches from a young age um, always says to me, "Make sure you demand." Make sure you you push the people round about you on, and I just took to it. But uh, when, see, when I interview that. guys that have played under you, I always make a point of asking a Barry Ferguson question, mm. and they said at the time it was it, it was hard to take, but when they look back now, mm. it's exactly what the team needed. Mm. No, see, like during training, I, I would always try and push people as hard as I could, because I'm a big believer in you've got to train the way you want to play on a Saturday. Yeah. You, you've got to do the, the right things on that training ground, and if that means getting on top of guys, and they don't, they, they didn't enjoy. It. I had so many fallouts on the training ground. But after it, they knew I'd done it for a reason. I'd done it because I wanted mm-hmm. to push them as far as they could go. And I, I just believe that that was the right way to do things. 
Every team wants a Scott Brown. Every team wants a Barry Ferguson. They do indeed. Sam, and we've got one. Yeah. <laughs> He's here on the Go Radio Show every night, Monday to Friday. Well, you can be on on 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. We've only got about 15 minutes left in the show. There's so many texts coming in. Ali, who's next with a question for Barry and for Sai and for Rob? Yep, we've got Scott from Shawlands who's dropped us a wee message at Go Football Show on our socials um, saying there's a few players he's surprised to see and feels Rangers, Barker and... Uh, sorry, f- forgive me. For Barry, there's a few <laughs> players that he's surprised to still see at Rangers including Barker, Jones and Stewart, etc. All talented players but feels Gerard doesn't fancy them. Surely to top Celtic, these guys need to be moved on to bring in a higher quality player. Okay, Barry, we're going to hold that. We'll be back in 60 seconds after the break and then he'll answer. If you missed Go Breakfast with Crofty, Adele and Grado, you missed this. So David Williams is a hot smoking woman. You know how you can superimpose yourself as like a woman and swap your swap yourself I've over? I've never done anything like that. <laughs> I've done it. Yeah, so die. He's done it and he said, I actually really fancy me. I've got pictures of me dressed as a woman. You know the funniest uh, thing about uh, this? He's frantically looking for a but, picture uh, of him uh, dressed uh, as a woman. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. There you go, Crofty. Do you fancy Grado as a woman? <laughs> I couldn't possibly say. Go breakfast with Crofty, Adele and Grado. Back Monday morning when you wake up. Let's go. Paul Kinney and the gang with the phone in every night, Monday to Friday, 0808 17 17 700. This is Go Radio, the home of Crofty, Adele and Grado tomorrow morning from six o'clock when you get up. Well, Barry, you've had a moment or two to consider that question. What's your answer? There's no doubt that the players that you mentioned are, have got certain qualities. Are they going to play in the starting 11? I very much doubt it. Um, but the problem you've got with these players is they're on two and three year contracts. Yeah. They'll not just walk away and they'll, they'll be on good deals as well at Rangers. And as we all know, there's not a lot of money out there for people to come and, and buy these players. Um, so it's going to be a difficult one whether Rangers can come to some sort of deal to maybe give them a year of their, their, their salary up front. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But certainly during pre season, I've got to say, Barker impressed me. Mm-hmm. He came on a few times, he showed a real hunger and desire, mm-hmm. which I hadn't seen f- uh, from him before. Jordan Jones, I really liked him at Kilmarnock, I've got to be honest with you. Yeah, he got off to a nightmare start at Rangers, didn't he? He did, and he got sent off in the Old Firm game uh, as well. But he, I, I thought when Rangers signed him, I think that this could really work. But it looks if the manager doesn't fancy him. And, and Greg Stewart, again, another one there... Uh, he, you don't really see much of him in a, no. a Rangers jersey. Again, he had six months at Kilmarnock where he was great. He went up to Aberdeen mm-hmm. for the final six months of the season. Never really produced that for him. Um, Rangers came in and bought him, but he's been a, a bit part player, which these three guys have uh, we've just mentioned there. So, Is there an argument to say that instead of buying um, a Stewart and a Barker and a Jones... That you actually combine the money and you buy one, you, you go for quality mm. rather than quantity. Hundred percent, Rob. I agree with you so much, especially at Celtic and Rangers. Uh, you know, you look at Edward. Okay, at the time you think nine million's a lot of money, but look at it now. You're going to get thirty million back from. And then for me, you go and buy a guy like Kalmala for two and a half million. Will you ever get more than that back from? For me, no. And it's the game. Same with the guy Sorrow. He's came in two million pound. Is he good enough to replace Scott Brown, Callum McGregor, Christie, and Cham? No. So I think you're spot on. For me, Celtic and Rangers, every season, two big players. 
uh, in vital positions and I, and I think that's how they're going to progress better especially in Europe the big players in Europe are, are massive mm-hmm. I think you you will see these players that have just been mentioned go out and loan somewhere I, I don't think a club will come in and pay half a million or a million pounds for these players so I, I think the manager would let them go and loan then that frees up a bit of wages to maybe go on and, and get that, that top quality player I mean Jake Hastie was a strange one we spoke about him right at the top yep. of the show I mean he's probably going to be lining up for Motherwell tonight in Dingwall against Ross County he's back at the club on loan for a spell he had that terrific burst in the, the top team where he impressed everyone Rangers signed him um, and then he didn't play well Keith mentioned in the, in the interview right at the start of the show um the six month that led for Rangers to come in and buy him in the summer I thought he was great he was yeah. a breath of fresh air he's went to Rangers obviously in a good contract it's not worked out for him but what I will say about the boy at least he wants to go and play he could sit about at Rangers and, and maybe get on the bench every two or three weeks but the boys want to go out and play again and I think it's the best thing for him go out and loan for a year go and play 30 40 games get back to the form you were in that previous that six month that Rangers came in and bought him because I do think he's got something about him I yeah. liked him fast and strong yeah. isn't he yeah. and he's still young he's got a lot to learn but again he's at a good club under a good manager so young guys like Stuart and Barker and that though can clubs in the SPL afford to pay even half mm. their wages I would doubt if they could no they, they, I think they would need to go down south yeah. there's no doubt in my mind about that let's have some breaking news and people who suggest that this programme is, is simply flung together uh, should note that we've just been speaking about Jake Hasty, yep. and he starts for Motherwell tonight we can give you the team uh, you Motherwell fans out there um, who are presumably going to be glued into it later on uh, Motherwell against Ross County and Dingwall the Motherwell team tonight is Carson Grimm Gallagher, Lamy, McGinley, O'Hara, Donnelly, Turnbull. We were speaking about David Turnbull earlier on. Yep. Paulworth, Hasty, and Long. That's a pretty tasty starting lineup for Motherwell tonight, Si. Yes, it is. I really like that lineup. Um, again, Barry tipped him for third. I think it'll be between the, them and Hibs this year. Um, I think Turnbull could be the difference. You know, getting him fully fit. He's starting, which tells you that his pre-seasons went well. Um, Big season for Tony Watt. He hasn't. He's made the bench there, but I think if you can get Tony fit, um, you can get 20 goals a season. So another good season for Motherwell for me. Yes, certainly a strong 11. And then you look at the the, the guys that are sitting on the bench. Who's on the bench? It's a strong bench. Tony Watt's on the bench. Seedorf. So the, the, they've got decent players. It, it, He's building a really good squad. Mm-hmm. Sai's si talked Tony Watt out of a start in that game, hasn't he? When he spotted Keith Lasley early on, he, t- he, he, he yeah. got his banter on the bus on the way up. That's and presumably, t- he might have been, he, at that point, Keith Lasley thought, well, I was going to start with him, but because of that, he's now on the, he's on the bench. Can, can I just say something about yeah. Tony Watt? He, he's one guy that he needs to get a club to Doesn't settle he? down. Yeah. 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 He, again, he's another one that I liked. You seen in, in bits when he was at Celtic. I mean, he scored that goal against Barcelona. Yeah. But I think Tony just needed needs a club. Scotland settle, number nines as well, mate. Yeah, to settle down, get playing a number of games a season because I think there's something in there. There's a good player in there. Right, I'm going to try and yeah. meet this Ross County team. Okay, yeah, good luck with this. Yeah, anything could happen here. Uh, Ross County are going Laidlaw, Randall, I'm Mackay. looking forward to one in particular here. Okay. Yeah. Laidlaw, Randall, Mackay, Erwin, Vigers. Lakavite ah, exactly. Tilson Payton Donaldson Stewart Reid Give me Paul Cooney's job now <laughs> Well you've got it There's no question And Rob McLean's ah, Exactly Well done Any yeah. resemblance between that and the real team is purely coincidental yeah. I do worry for Ross County though yeah. I think they could struggle this year yeah. Yeah. I think Are they maybe your tip instead of the Aki's this season Ross County That's, I think my, that's my hometown team I, I think it'll be between yeah. the two There's no one really in the Ross County team that, that stands out for me and for yeah. me as a creative force Michael Gardine's probably still their best player at 34 year olds and I think that tells you everything 
Barry, this time tomorrow Rangers will be in Germany. It's ha- I mean, this crazy time that we're in, we've just had the FA Cup final, we'll still have to have the Scottish Cup semi-finals and the final, um, Rangers-Leverkusen. Is it all over or is it the fact that uh, Rangers have got nothing to lose, there's no supporters there? What do you think? Yeah, you, you hit it on the head there, they've got nothing to lose. Um, anything can happen in Europe. Let's be honest, they're, they're a very good team. There's no doubt about it when they came to Ibrox. You could see the quality they've got um, yeah. in that starting 11 and even on the bench. But you never know. You, you've got to go over over there with the, the mindset that you can get a result because there's no point in getting on that plane if you don't think you can go and win. So they need to go with that, that, that type of attitude and you never know what could happen. Although there's no doubt about what the full focus is on for Rangers this season. It's all about getting the title in Steven Gerrard's third season in charge. But there's no reason why they can't have targets in Europe as well and they would, they'll would have to go somewhere to mm. turn this around. Yeah, but I always say your bread and butter's a league. Mm. Yeah. That's what Especially this season, yeah. Yeah, of, of course, because it's a massive season for Celtic to go and get the 10 and it's massive for Rangers to go and stop it but I always say in the dressing room at the start of the season this is what you want to win, you want to win the league. That, that's your bread and butter. It's a bonus if you get the cups, if you do well in Europe and get a run but you need to win the league and you know what and you know what Rangers have produced some of their best football in Europe, in Europe this yeah. season as well I've, I've been lucky enough to, to, to watch them uh, in some of their games like seven Braga and against Porto. Porto and against really top teams in Europe and, and they've produced and, and I think that's what, what surprised a lot of people about what happened after the winter break because Rangers in Europe uh, took some pretty decent scalps and that's what I want to ask you, Rob. You've I, you've watched a lot of them. What's the difference? Why why can they perform in big games away at Porto, but they can't at home at Hamilton? See if see if you knew the answer to that <laughs> one. Stephen Gerrard would pay you handsomely for you, it because I'll give you the answer. When, when teams like this come to Ibrox or Celtic Park, they sit behind the ball, ten men behind the ball, and they mm. make it really difficult. They frustrate, and then after 15, 20 minutes, the fans start to go on on their on their backs. That's when you need proper leaders. Yeah. That's what I come back to on the pitch to say, listen, settle down. Even if we don't play well here, it may take to 75, 80 minutes, but we need to maintain a level. And that's where they struggled last year when teams came and sat back. They couldn't handle the pressure, I thought, with the fans getting on their back. And the fans, listen, they expect and the demand from the stands is, is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Both, uh, both teams. So hopefully this season they, 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 can, um, they can handle that. Yep, Rob. Speculation coming in down south. We heard uh, Bristol City a few weeks ago wanted Stephen Gerrard. So there was no way he was going there, and they're now seeing Eddie Howe out at Bournemouth. Stephen Gerrard. Wow. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's going. He's going to be linked with job after job after job, yeah. isn't he, Stephen Gerrard? And, and there'll be those in England who will think, well, it's just only a matter of time before he he comes back down. He will not want to leave Scottish football without making his mark. He doesn't want to to go with it without getting getting a trophy in his hands. It's two years without one, um, and he is a man on a mission this season. I think it would depend as well on how much money he gets to spend. You know, if he isn't backed in the transfer market, I can see Stephen Gerrard being the type of guy that thinks, if I can't do what I want to do here, then then I'll go. You know, I think he's that strong mentality. Mm-hmm. I understand what Rob's saying. He's desperate to stop ten in a row, but at the end of the day, if you didn't feel like you've got the resources to do that, you may need to look elsewhere. Yep, yeah, I, I think it was after the Coventry game he'd done the interview. Yeah, he said that, didn't and he? He made it clear that he needed another mm. two or three players in. So I think he. He put the gauntlet down to the, the board. Look, I'm wanting these players 
you need to back me whether that means selling Morelos for 15, 18 million pound you'll get the funds there and might they say back to him well here's a list of the players you've already signed mm-hmm. but I, I'm sure I, I know Douglas Park who's the chairman I know him pretty well he's a wealthy businessman I, I'm sure if Stephen Gerrard went to him and said this player's going to make this team better and stronger I'm sure they would back him yeah they're not going to be found wanting this season are they Barry no, I wouldn't like to think so because we all know the pressures now. Of course, yeah. We, we know, I mean, it, it was funny reading yeah. Lenny saying oh, more pressure on Rangers, but I think yeah. it's equal. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty equal. There's, there's pressure obviously on Celtic to go for the 10 and there's pressure on Rangers to go and try and stop it. Well, the so. history books show that, don't they? That, yep. you know, Celtic almost did it, didn't. Rangers, I mean, I remember the paper at the start of the season when Rangers were going for 10 and the record had... Rangers first 11 and they put a second 11 which they thought at the time was as strong mm-hmm. as Celtic's best and of course that's not what happened you wonder if it's just that step too far mm-hmm. to yeah, get but, 10 but that Celtic team had leaders Paul Lambert was a mm-hmm. guys like that yeah. in that team that stopped the 10 but I Rangers think if, you, if you put the two teams together I think you would say Rangers were stronger at that time but yeah. Celtic stopped it they had a real determination in them if you, I've listened to a few interviews for the players that played back then they had that steely determination to try and stop it and that's what the Rangers players need to have this year as well I hope the interviews are on up and go with it <laughs> <laughs> there's still plenty of time isn't there to, to make yeah. signings with the extended window yep. but we're off and running the league is now underway and there is no uh, room for error for Rangers they mm-hmm. will feel that they will feel that, that Celtic will be again setting a really high standard um, and any spilled points is a dangerous game to play yep. yeah, a chance agree. to be a hero though eh? both sides players you must be, they must be absolutely buzzing well, I don't know if I was in the dressing room I, I would be buzzing uh, it's a great challenge it's ahead and that's what I would like to think going on inside that, that Rangers dressing room they're, they're going to take the challenge head on and I would I mean Look, the Celtic dressing room, they're, they're used to winning, they're, mm. they're winning trophies every single season. Now it's a real challenge and a chance for Rangers to become heroes and try and stop it. It's going to be some season, we'll be with you all the way. Barry, enjoy your, for we loved having you on tonight for the first time for the whole programme. Yep, loved yeah. it. Exciting, working with the, the new team. It's a new team coming together, but there is something happening here. We all love our football. Glasgow in the West loves its football, and it's uh, dedicated to that for you every night, Monday to Friday. Sai, another great game tonight. Well done. Pre-season's worked for you. An absolute pleasure. Loved it. Rob? Yeah, absolutely. And, and can I just stress that the window is still open. We might make more signings. So, you know, don't feel too complacent in your position. <laughs> Why are you looking, looking at me? Why are you looking at me there? <laughs> and Ali, a quick signing there. News just in. Yeah, Ryan Edwards has just signed for Dundee United. So I don't know. Maybe, Sai, you've got some thoughts on that. You're yeah, good signing. Uh, I like the boy Harks at United. Peter Pollock played quite well. Um, but they faded second half. And I think uh, an energetic midfielder is just what Dundee United need. Thanks, Sai. Thanks to Ali, to Rob and to Barry Ferguson that's it for tonight back tomorrow at 5 the news is coming next the Bull Radio football show let's go